welcome back to Access and Opportunity, a podcast from Morgan Stanley connecting capital and communities. I'm Carla Harris, and we're excited to continue exploring the extraordinary commercial opportunity investors often overlook, investing in women and multiculturally led businesses. But because we are currently living in unprecedented times with COVID-19, this is not your traditional episode of Access and Opportunity. As we all try to manage this global pandemic, we're checking in with some of our favorite guests from previous seasons. We want to understand how they've adjusted their schedules, their businesses, their outlook, and their investing style. Together with you, we want to write a new playbook and emerge from this experience stronger than ever. Today, we welcome back James Ree, the CEO of Ashley Stewart and founder of the Firepine Group. We check in with James to see how this pandemic has impacted his numerous brick and mortar locations, his employees, and the company's overall morale. James is clearly focused on people over profits, and he offers us several playbook points on the importance of loyalty and integrity in leadership roles, as well as the ways in which we can ensure employees still feel valuable as their responsibilities temporarily and maybe even permanently shift. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and welcome again, James, to Access and Opportunity. It's great being with you again, Carla. So how is it being home every day? It's actually not bad, Carla. Like I miss seeing a lot of people, and but I love my kids and my wife and my dog George is pumped. My dog, my dog George is having the best <laughs> quarantine ever because there's a lot of love going around, and we're reading a lot. I'm actually getting yeah. back into shape, doing a fair bit of walking and uh, okay. exercising with my wife and our dog and. And it's been nice to be able to read some books. Yeah. Yeah. Well, excellent. Excellent. It sounds like you being very productive during this time at home. And I would say that I have, I've had a similar strategy as well. So now let's jump in uh, with respect to the perspectives on managing through this crisis. Obviously, this is something that we've never seen before. But as a glass half full kind of girl, I can find some real opportunities for everybody uh, amidst uh, all of the strife that we're all dealing with. And I'd love to talk to you about your perspective as a CEO first and then your perspective as an investor. So can you tell us a little bit about the difference in terms of what are you doing as James? James, the CEO, and how are you thinking about this as James, the investor? I live a life where I wear a lot of hats, but um, part of the thrill about doing is that it's kind of the same principles that govern both. I don't think I'm very different uh, in my own home as I am in my office, let alone being an investor or CEO. I think times like this, uh, look, it, it, this is in particular when you have health issues, it's a different thing when people are dying, right? That's uh, all that, that's a big if. But times like this, you really get to see and focus on the, what's really important. You bring out people's strengths and you bring out people's um, weaknesses and you get to expose everything and see everything very transparently. So I, as an investor that focuses on true value, I don't mind times like this in terms of being able to really uh, separate the winners from the losers. 
Mm-hmm. How do you think about this as a CEO? Like, what are some of the things that you did right away to, as you thought about your business going forward, how people's shopping habits would change on the other side of this, whether or not they would be coming into physical stores? Because you have physical stores. Yes, you have an online capability, but you have physical stores. And frankly, that's part of the beauty and the joy of shopping at an Ashley Steward is that you can go into a store and interact with a shared community. How did you get your management team to think about how they needed to take care of their employees on the ground as they go into the stores and then couldn't go into the stores every day? I think, Carl, as you know, uh, my involvement with this company from day one, it's been almost seven years now, was about people. Yeah. It was about uh, the employee base, particularly in the field that I felt hadn't really gotten a fair chance. Um, And it was their relationships with their customers for 20 plus years, even before I ever showed up on the scene. So when this started to happen, the way that we've managed, I've managed through this has been no different than it was every day. It's always through people. And thinking about lives happening, safety, moms, children, I didn't really think about anyone as employees. They're just, they're mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about it that way, is it sad that people can't convene right now at Ashley Stewart? Absolutely. But it's also sad they can't convene over a coffee or at church or, you know, or at funerals right mm-hmm. now. Um, and so the decision for us, uh, we Zoomed a lot. I just, first and foremost, was to make sure everyone was safe. That was, yes. period. And a story. Mm -hmm. So the first thing as a leader, make sure all your people are safe. Uh, Those early messages, uh, what are some of the messages that you sent to them or ideas that you tried to uh, convey that other CEOs, especially uh, CEOs of emerging companies with smaller, uh, smaller staffs or smaller teams, what are some of the messages that you tried to convey to your team that they might be able to share? I said that first and foremost, uh, I never sugarcoat things. I said mm-hmm. that the first thing was that this was a real situation. And in particular with uh, our employee base, we have a predominantly black female employee base. I was very early in making sure to dispel any rumors that black people were somehow immune to getting this virus. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why these stores were shut down fast, early, And we won't open them again until the employee base is safe, because I think from a metaphoric standpoint, we can't. Mm -hmm. That's number one, that it was real and that they they had to really listen to the facts and take care of their own health. The second thing is that I didn't sugarcoat, nor do I ever, about how hard this was going to be and the level of uncertainty there was and that I didn't have any of the answers. I didn't know if this was a two-week thing, a four-week thing, a six-week thing but that I promised them, like I was seven years ago, that they would know exactly how the sausage was being made. They were gonna help make the sausage. Their job was to report through Zoom back up to me about what was actually happening in their local city, town, Mm -hmm. church, that they had better information than I was ever gonna get uh, from any of the major media networks. It's that I trusted them to -hmm. interpret the facts that they were seeing. And so those were really the first two things that we established, that we were going to talk a lot, that there would be no surprises, 
And that first and foremost, my job as CEO and their job as managers of their people was to make sure that people didn't get sick mm -hmm. and that the job part of this stuff would come secondary and that we'd figure it out. Mm -hmm. So you gave them information about how to keep themselves safe, how to keep their families safe and what they should be dispelling into their community. Yes, I, I tried to distill through a lot of the competing narratives of what was really happening. Mm -hmm. I recommended a few Twitter handles. And, uh, you know, we've been giving them a lot of information regarding phone numbers on, you know, domestic abuse, mm -hmm. depression, mm -hmm. like healthcare, like outlets to just make sure that they could get as many uh, vetted third party phone numbers that in case they needed anything that they could, uh, they could access them. Mm -hmm. So I understand that you closed down your stores early, earlier than some other uh, retail models. And this was because mm -hmm. you had a sense of protecting uh, your community of not only customers, but your community of managers as well, because you operate predominantly in African-American communities. Is that right? Yes. I had mm -hmm. heard from some of the employees, actually, that this was before the NBA shut down as well, um, mm -hmm. that, there were, that there were rumors that somehow that all the active cases were with non-African-American people. Mm -hmm. And I heard that, and uh, Van Jones recently just did a piece uh, hearkening back to the AIDS ah, yes. outbreak. Yes. And mm -hmm. I just said, I said, I, I said, I can't, I heard that, and I, I just I was like, I can't, no, that's mm -hmm. not true. Yeah. And so yeah. it was important that it's, you know, we're not a big business, as you know, bigger than some of your startup entrepreneurs, but no, by no means we're not the size of some of the multinational companies. Is it financially mm -hmm. incredibly difficult? Well, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. It's really mm -hmm. hard. Um, but I don't think, I know that my life on this planet is not going to be defined by being, as a CEO, it's as a person. Right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the playbook I just heard is that you had a presence in front of your people early. Number two, you leveraged your understanding and knowledge about the professionals in your organization and the customers that they serve. And you made a move, a definitive, decisive move to close your stores early because you recognize the Nordic risk among this population. Number three, you were very transparent with your team and you didn't sugarcoat anything. You owned up to the fact that you didn't know how long it would last. And you owned up to the fact that you didn't have all the answers around not only time, but what would ultimately transpire. But more importantly, what I heard is that you said, here is what I need you to do. You gave them a, a job or a task, which is something that I think is, is basically um, a necessity for all of us as humans. We all have a need to be needed. And you said, I need you to understand what's going on in your community so that you can help us to understand as an entity of Ashley Stewart about how we must serve the community and when it's time for us to get back to it, how we need to get back to it. I need to know what's happening out there in the community, which I think is an exemplary, you know, four or five points, playbook points for emerging uh, CEOs and current leaders. And it's exactly, Carla, and, and it's it's been a very barbell approach on the one hand, a lot of concern, health, mental health, 
humanity. On the other hand, it sort of harkens back to uh, the Shackleton's adventure. I've also told them, and we've maintained the vast majority of our full-time employees at the field level too, which is not, most people are not doing that or much bigger than we are. But they've been told also, listen, you have a job. Mm. You're not in the store. You have a job. This is your job today, eight hours. Here are some phone numbers of customers. You check in on them, make sure that they're okay. You know that some of the women are alone. I don't want you to sell them. Just check in on them. Have a conversation. It's good for you. It's good for them. Mm -hmm. And so we are keeping them. It's not just busy work. It's real work. Oh, yeah. And then, and I'm explaining to them, listen, when we come out of this, we're going to come out running and your relationships are going to be better. And you're going to realize that you're capable of doing things that you didn't think you were capable of. Uh, We're reaching out to local restaurants, each of them, and saying, we know that it's hard for you. It's hard for us. How can we help help your business? So we gave away uh, Red Lobster gift cards with our, uh, on our Instagram and we just said the winner of this fun Instagram contest gets Red Lobster gift cards. And Red Lobster corporate doesn't know that we're doing this, um, but the local restaurants do. Oh, yeah. Because those are local jobs, local relationships. Why not help them? Outstanding. Now, let's talk about some of the tougher decisions that you have to make as a CEO that I think could be exemplary for our listeners. How do you start thinking through methodically when you do have to tighten the belt because you don't have sales coming in right now? You can't really forecast how long that's going to last. How do you methodically, and you don't have to to tell us exactly what you're cutting or what you're doing, but as a CEO, how do you structurally think about that? Do you first start thinking about marketing? Do you start thinking about operations? Do you start thinking about not only using technology, but how can you better leverage technology? How do you think through the ways that you might be able to cut costs away from the people in the beginning? Yeah, I think your last statement is the exact thing, is that how do I touch people last? Mm-hmm. That's that's generally the first step. How do I not hurt people financially and emotionally? My own, my employee base first. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is less, co- I don't focus on cost. The focus was on how do I drive more business online mm. to our e-com site, which is close to 50% of the business. Yes. And uh, it's not enough to sustain the company long term, but... It, it, it's kind of like having a marriage. At least one spouse has a job, right? The other spouse, the stores, they're unemployed now, and there's no unemployment insurance for businesses. So it's really been focused. The second thing was first people, second on how do I drive more top-line revenue in a cash-accretive way, which is very different from saying that it is on a gap Earnings accretive way, mm-hmm. running a business on a cash accretive way is very different. Let's just make sure that we break that down for some of our listeners who might not be familiar uh, about what you mean with respect to a cash accretive way of running your business versus a gap accretive way of running your business. Yeah. Uh, you know, I teach that class at Duke, and so I deconstruct investing where uh, before any of us ever learned what accounting was. You only had as much money in your pocket to spend that you had money in your pocket. That's right. That was it. And growing up, that's how we grew up where, uh, James, we've got an extra 50 bucks. Does Jennifer get ballet shoes or do you go get 
new kids. No, Jennifer's going to get ballet shoes and your kids are a little bit worn, but you're going to wear them another two months. And that's how uh, distressed investors, and you know I have that background, but mm -hmm. also like venture, you just have a finite number of cash and you got to make as much cash from that $1 as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that's terrific. So again, the playbook points are think about how you can touch people last. Think about how you can run your business in a cash accretive way, not just a gap uh, accretive way and reach out to the vendors, have the conversation because they're humans too. And there, there's really no one that this isn't touching. So everybody should have some level of understanding. And if nothing else, this is making us, I think, more willing and enhancing all of our empathy at the end of the day, and actually making us all more creative about how we can help each other. When you think about the yes. things that you've seen on TV about people helping each other, and who would have ever thought that we would have called doctors, nurses, CNAs, first line uh, responders, you know, first responders, look at how we've all changed to think about what other people are doing on our behalf. So it's a very smart thing to do as a business. And James, let me just draw an analogy if I can. You have done a stellar job in creating success out of Ashley Stewart, was, which was at death's door, frankly, years ago. And so can you talk about how that experience has actually helped you as you think about trying to manage through this experience? How did you compare the struggles, if you will? This is one of the motivating speeches I gave uh, our entire employee base on Zoom. I said to them, with a straight face, because they've lived through it with me, seven years ago was worse. Mm -hmm. Like, do you remember what we lived through? We had, there was no Zoom, there was no Wi-Fi, and we didn't know each other. And this company had zero credibility, like it had never made money. There was no cash at all. I had to hire an armed security officer to sit in the parking lot to protect the employee base because they were worried about being bankrupt for the second time in three years. There was no e-com. There was maybe a couple million bucks. And the culture was different, right? It was a culture of people were frustrated and they had been on a losing team for 20 something years. And, and I said, back then, do you remember what I said to you? And I wrote that in the HBR article. I just said, let's keep it very simple. You'll be respectful of this customer, this brand, and you will be kind here. And we're gonna rely inordinately on math. It would be kindness and math and that we have the best customer base in the world. And um, if we can get through this, we may have a chance to win. And now, fast forward seven years, I laugh and I said, I can't believe you believe me. You took what I said <laughs> on faith, you know, but now you've lived it. You know what you're fighting for now. You're fighting for all the relationships and memories we've created together over the last seven years. We're fighting for the scholarship programs, finding Ashley Stewart, all of the friends who have come to help us, including you, Carla, we're fighting for that. Like, and you, you know what we're fighting for now, for real. And one way that it's worse today is people are getting sick yeah. and that's different. And we, our stores are shut down mm -hmm. and our stores are the lifeblood of our company. No matter what that e-comes 50%, the soul of this brand, it's in the relationships in the stores. And it's like playing a World Series game, game seven, and your shortstop and number three hitter is hurt. Mm -hmm. So we can't start 
we have 88 stores. There are 88 starting players plus their teams that are on the bench right now. And we're doing our best to get them engaged and ready, but they're still not on the field. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest part right now. And that has real financial implications too, where you just can't, uh, it's good that I've, uh, and we, I've, but I've managed the business conservatively. We have a, uh, a lot of money stashed under the mattress, for lack of a better word. Yeah. But you know, yeah. But you know, it, it, that that lasts for a while. Right. And not forever. And so uh, I'm desperately wanting the stores to open again, but only when it's safe. Like I, I just, as a CEO of the company, I couldn't send people out and get sick. I just couldn't do it. Get sick. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Which I think, you know, was obviously the right thing to do. And it shows real leadership. And you have an incredible opportunity here with 88 stores, each have their own connectivity in each of the communities that they do business with. And as you have already been doing, deploying people to make phone calls to their customers, you know, having Instagram contests, if you will, there's all kinds of ways for your managers to continue to engage with their customer set, who, as a matter of fact, is online more now than they were online before, because many of them, unfortunately, are at home. So this provides a unique opportunity to have a conversation, to talk, chat, three or four sentences a day, but to keep Ashley Stewart, the wonderful entity and brand that it is, in front of those constituents, even if they're not actually clicking to spend today, to even show them fashion, have them click on ideas, have them say, I like this versus that. So when it's time to shop for summer, you kind of have a sense of what your inventory ought to look like because they're already telling you what they like, right? So yes. like you said, there is there is an amazing, amazing opportunity. And, and I know you've given us so much time, but I have one last question. As James, the investor, what do you say to your portfolio companies now about thriving and surviving, the three things that you will tell them that they need to do as the person who has invested in them? Number one, never in any, under any circumstances jeopardize your reputation. Do anything that is against uh, your value system and that is not of highest integrity. That's number one. I don't care how desperate things become and it may mean that you fail. But you sacrifice your integrity, uh, probably never should have been involved in business with you in the first place. Number two, over-communicate, over and over again. I don't care if it's by email, Zoom, phone call. I think phone calls are great. I've been kind of old school these days. I've been, you know, last few years, I've been going back to wearing my watch and I just, I like to call people yeah. and, and talk to them. And Zoom is cool. Um, it's kind of like a phone call, but I miss being with people. But two is over-communicate mm-hmm. over and over again and drop a lot of breadcrumbs. Uh, I think that's one of the things. We've had some tough decisions over the last month. There have been no surprises. I've said, if things happen like this, we will likely have to do this. So if those things happen, there are, they already know and they're prepared for it. And I think the third thing is... is um, you know, you get back to the long-term goals of things. Uh, it's that barbell approach. You have to watch pennies. And yes, you have to do things that are cash accretive. But really use this time to think even bigger. That other side of the barbell is the vision slightly different. Reinvent everything if necessary. 
but don't lose focus on what the future lies because these type of things that happen right now, it creates huge opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's, I know that with Ashley Stewart, one of the things I've said to the team, the full group, we are going to get through this and others won't because we have a great brand. We have all of you. We have this culture. And we've been through a war together for seven years. When, when we're allowed to come onto the field, we're going to run faster and we're going to have another memory under our belt that's going to unify this company even more. Mm-hmm. And I remind them, Soledad let me post uh, her sizzle documentary on my LinkedIn. She was nice enough to do that. People are really helping. They said, please, like in that, in that documentary, there was one of our longtime managers who said seven years ago when the company was about to go, customers brought hangers back to the stores mm-hmm. because they knew the stores were in trouble and they wanted to help. And I said this to the, uh, to the team. I just said, you don't think our customers are going to come back to our stores with hangers? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. coming back. Yeah. But we have to make sure that they come back with hangers and that we keep them safe and that we're not, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. don't take the hangers if it makes them sick. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, there you go. And so, and so that's, that's what I think businesses and people with, that stick by their knitting surround themselves with incredible relationships, know what the meaning of loyalty and integrity is. I think you quote win, even if the business itself may not win, you know, like you'll learn from it. Yep. Fair point. Well, James Reed, thank you once again for giving us this time. This has been invaluable to both investors, leaders, emerging CEOs like, uh, thank you for being such a good friend of mine and a friend of access and opportunity. Take care of yourself, take care of your family. And I look forward to seeing you on the other side of this, my friend. Me too. I look forward to having lunch with you, Carla. All righty. Thank you all for joining us for this special COVID-19 episode of Access and Opportunity. I look forward to sharing the next special episode with you.